fun of me. Because <laughs> I hustling. forgot that's like your thing now. So be hustling, please. Uh, hey, I, Matt, have we talked yeah. about? You're gonna keep doing this. Can you become like an Uber driver? And so, like <laughs> in the middle of our podcast, you're picking up people and being like, "Hey, welcome to Masters of Divinity, uh, Kevin." Oh, I shouldn't use that name. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so how priceless an episode would that be? Oh, Not that we're gonna oh, get into oh that yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I have some things to say. I would have a lot of things to say. <laughs> oh, and we'll geez. just. We'll just leave it at that for the recording purposes. It would just be like 10 years of just like, this is just, oh, he would cry. He would cry. Anyway. Longer than 10 years. Yeah, that's true. Too. <sighs> um, <sighs> so, um, um, so what are you saying about SNL? So there's the, the SNL this past week had a, uh, a, one of their fake ads for a product for a dad and his teenage son for them to like bond. And it was the father son podcast, <laughs> like, and it was it's like it's like they have a podcast even though there is they were just using it to talk to each other because apparently that's the only way white men can talk to each other is <laughs> on a podcast. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I, hey, you know what? I'm here for the podcast jokes. I think they're great, and I think they're like very true <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> yeah. What's like what's that one that you told me like last year or whatever? It says what do you call what do you call a group of white guys talking a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> what do you that? Yeah. I think it was just what do you call a group of white guys? A podcast. Yeah. <laughs> With our very important thoughts. Yeah. And uh I like your, your Deadpool there hanging off your your Oh thank you. Deadpool's there. He's hanging off. He's being very meta. He's addressing the camera. He's breaking that <laughs> fourth wall. <laughs> All right. So you guys uh you guys ready? As I'll ever be. Matt's like, I have no idea what we're talking about, but yeah, let's do it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, what, what do you think we should? I mean, so do, do you think? Do you like the idea of talking about truth, and just sort of the uh, use that to sort of piggyback on sort of the topics we've been kind of thinking about and stuff? I I think we should talk about the truth. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's. let's what does Matt think? Does Matt want? Does Matt want to talk about the truth, or does he want to talk about Deadpool? You can talk. You can talk about Deadpool and the truth. Like, I can always talk about Deadpool. I have, I've, I, I, I have to veto that because I've still yet to see the Deadpool movies. Oh, Chuck! Listen, it's not my fault. I, I went to try to watch them the other day, and they're not on streaming anywhere. And I'm not gonna like truck out to Target to buy a copy. Though I did. Oh, I have to. I have to admit something. What? I um um. Well, two things. I, I had the opportunity. I texted you about this when I watched Baywatch the other day, right? Oh yeah, like a couple a while like, ago, month yeah. or more back. That thing was awful. Um, but no, I um, I really wanted to watch Undercover Brother because it, it it was apparently on streaming, and I looked and it wasn't on streaming. It was only on well, it's on streaming, but like but like Showtime's oh. streaming thing. Yeah. So I signed up for the Showtime package. Just so you can watch Undercover, Undercover Brother. Brother and then canceled it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to say, it really made me mad because um, they they did um, that high def thing where like they've added frames in between to kind of make things look smooth and huh. 
like all the colors were washed out. I don't know if you've been hearing about that. They've been doing this to, to they've been tweaking television shows and movies um, for high def screens. Um, and so they, they, they do things where they increase the frame rate by adding digital clones of frames to like make things look smoother. They've been doing it and, and they also are washing out the colors. They've done it to Buffy. Oh yeah. And, nice. and other things. And I've talked about this. And it made it made Undercover Brother look like a really cheap, cheap, horrible movie. Oh, that's too bad. Ah, streaming yeah. sucks, guys. <clears throat> All right. Okay. That sucks. But you but 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 you but, haven't seen Deadpool. But I have anyway, yeah. I, I, that, that that was all led to the fact that I was in the process of trying to find Deadpool somewhere. I think they're both the on HBO that. Go. Right, but I'd have to then pay for HBO Go. Which I mean Which I understand is a terrible streaming platform. I love it. I haven't had any problems with it. But I guess yeah, well, they, HBO, no, they they do mess up some uh, aspect ratios of their of like movies, old films and stuff. Um um HBO Go is the one that you is included if you have HBO with your service. HBO Now, I think, is the one that you pay for, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Or HBO Max, I think, is what they're rolling I, out now. But I don't have cable. So, yeah, okay. yeah but but just... Well, well, you there, have, like, what? You, you, you stream through, what, like a Roku or something like that? PlayStation 3. Okay, PlayStation 3. So just buy it on, like, the Google Play Store. Or rent it on that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> I mean, I know you. I know the goal is to not pay for the movie if it's streaming somewhere. But you were like, I'm not gonna like drive to Target to buy it. You, you, you don't. You don't have to. You can buy it in your living room. I, you know, look. I don't know what it is. I can't. I have such a hard time with the idea of digital rental. <laughs> I, I. It's weird. Like in my head, there are two options: free streaming. <laughs> Or going to Target and purchasing. <laughs> I think it's because I'm so wired. Like, I'm still so wired from, like, the blockbuster mindset that, like... I guess so. <clears throat> like, no. I, maybe, I should, maybe I should go to, like, Redbox or something. Redbox. Yeah, you could, you could do that. Or maybe your local library has it. <laughs> oh, I should do that. A, I, I, that'd be pretty phenomenal, actually, if they did. Yeah. They did doesn't, your school have, doesn't your school have a library? Can't they like request it be delivered to your school? <laughs> Deadpool brought to the Can high I get school. Deadpool. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. So uh, we all said on. I will say I think I think Hulu had the PG thirteen version though, and I did, decided not to Once watch that. Once upon a Deadpool. Yeah. It's actually it's actually worth watching, but I wouldn't watch it first. Right. But it is actually pretty funny because the way they make it PG-13 is him being hyper aware of what makes a movie rated R and PG-13. So it's really just him making fun of the standards the whole time. That's nice. So it's pretty fun. <clears throat> so, wait, right. oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because you're going to dive into some topic. We're going to get going here. Chuck, you saw Joker? No. You didn't see Joker? No, I didn't feel like, like I don't feel, like, being, I don't feel like being inspired to shoot up a uh, um, public space. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> what a lame thing! Come on, uh, this is what happens when I leave you two alone for a couple months. I mean, if it's any consolation, I, I'm I'm, he I'm hearing all across the board from people who hated it to people who loved it that it's like 
not at all anything in Sully. Like uh, that was a joke. I don't really care. Um, I, I, yeah, no, I'm not one of those people. I, I honestly have not seen it because it's just not a priority for me. Because I, on it, I, on it, here's the honest God reason. I'm over the Joker as a character. Oh, yeah, but go see this. Okay, <laughs> you may be, uh, uh, you might fall in love with him all over again. Just like you fell in love with him when the Dark Knight came out, and you just you know when I fell in love. You, you actually, I am, I am, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my foot down on something real quick. I am gonna, I'm gonna stand for something. Okay. And I'm gonna Chuck, stand. Chuck, listen, everybody, Chuck is standing right now. Here we go. <laughs> I have crossed into a full millennial. I am. I will stand for Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, jeez. Oh. I. He is a much more accurate depiction of the Joker. And a better depiction than we've had in in a while. Uh, that's so. It's just weird because. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. No, I, I, I'll tell you the reason why is okay. I think, I think the Joker. The Joker is supposed to be. He's not supposed to be a complex character. He is supposed to be a character that people are bewildered by and they want to see Batman punch. And that's what you want when you see Jared Leto's Joker. You don't know what you don't care about his backstory. You don't care about how he became the Joker. All you know is he is obnoxious. The fact that people like him is bewildering, and all you want to see is Batman take him down. And and that's oh. the Joker. The idea of this whole like trickster chaos agent thing that they've done with him in recent years, it's just... Well, Leto is closer to the Cesar Romero type Joker than we've had in, in quite a while. Oh. Closer to the Jack Nicholson type Joker. He's a mob boss. <sighs> well, a uh, well... Father Chuck's feeling a bit like the Joker of the podcast right now because I just want to punch him. So there's that. <laughs> well, I, I haven't seen it either, um, but it's not because I don't want to see it. It's because I'm just I'm broke as shit. Um, don't got don't got any money, but maybe soon. Um, sorry, was that a doubter? Is everyone got really Yeah, quiet? are we? <laughs> we um we're recording, but I'm not. I haven't officially started the. Yeah, good, because I'm so glad we came back to this. <laughs> okay. Uh, angry and depressed in the first five minutes of the call. We're doing great, guys. This is this is wonderful. Uh, there is, I mean, there is a reason why we haven't had an episode in a while, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh... So. Anyway, I, I think that's that's all the time we got. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Maybe we should just cut that whole bit. I mean, we haven't really officially started anyway, so that's that's fine. Okay. All right. Let's get started. Cool. Let's 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 jump into it. Send out the clowns. Hello, <laughs> hello, and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I'm a moderator, JP, and last night I had ramen noodles and tomato soup and called it spaghetti. Boom. And I'm also here with Father Chuck. Um, I had a bowl of rice and tofu. And Matt, <laughs> why? Why did I come back for this? <laughs> what? What is happening? I I'm depressed. I'm alone. Um, your ramen noodles and spaghetti and your tofu and hey Matt, Matt, why don't you just you're in your little car? Why don't you drive? Why don't you drive to my house and? We'll record while you make the drive, and then I'll go to my house, and I'll make you a really good pour-over cup of coffee with my new Hario V60 pour-over system that I got for my birthday a few weeks ago. 
Oh my gosh, you have no idea how much I would actually love to do that right now. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, I'm currently but waiting. But this episode currently... is brought to you by Hario Speedwagon. Uh, but I, is that what you that, that, that was a dad joke, JK. <laughs> My goodness. I will tell you though. Kinds, uh, I will give you. I will give you. Podcasts. I will give you one guess as to the country of origin of the Hario V60 coffee pour over device. Germany, Canada, Estonia. Are you for real? Europe. <laughs> You're talking about me here. Oh, Oh, Japan. Right. We yeah. all know where oh, it's from. Is it? Okinawa? No. No? Is Okinawa in Japan or is it like a sovereign? Is it like a Thai, it's like a Taiwan situation? Uh, it- sort of, yeah, because it, it, it is part of Japan, um, but it has an outsized military presence, a U.S. military presence on the island. Who discovered, so- who discovered Okinawa? Who? The Japanese. The Japanese, they discovered it. What <laughs> I mean, because I, I don't think I, I'm trying to think if there was like any particular indigenous people in Okinawa prior to the Japanese who the, the original Japanese who made their way from mainland China into I think this, I think they went from mainland China or did they come from the Korean Peninsula? I can't remember. But interesting. When did it officially become a part of Japan? Is it, um, is it probably World War two? It... No, prior to that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. During Japanese imperial expansion. I'm just trying to make Matt very, very angry. Well, because you're trying to, we're trying to teach Matt about about global history, <laughs> East Asian history. <clears throat> oh, uh, we 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 miss you all, and uh, we're so glad to be back here recording and uh, making making podcasts, making podcasts, and um, we haven't done this in a while, in about about a month, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, what was the last, the last the last episode was the one we did where we talked about JP dating. Oh jeez. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, How's boy. that going? I deleted all the apps. <laughs> just going to do it the old fashioned way, grocery stores, churches, that thing? Uh, you know, I'm just uh, I You know what? Yes. I am. Because I think I just got hobby, really Hobby Lobby. It became kind of It's like I don't know. It just kind of became less um, personal, and like I was just looking at items in a catalog. Yeah. And I think I was just like, you know, I don't want to like base my judgment on something somebody wrote about themselves on the internet. Um, I can't seem to really do it for myself. (laughs) And also, I wasn't getting any matches. So Uh, there's, there's also that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too picky. Whatever. Yeah, I actually I think you're probably onto something. I think there's I, I think it's noble for you to recognize that there is an objectification, a commodification yeah. of human emotions intrinsic to contemporary dating. I think so. And um plus I'm just I'm just really busy and I'm doing other things and I'm just not I'm not worried about it anymore. Right. You got way. you you got your girl Mary Jane right now. <laughs> that's that is that is what's happening and uh i i do have a, a lot of cannabis that's growing and uh has taken up a lot of my time um but speaking of taking up time before we kind of get into our topic i'm actually just kind of curious uh have either of you been watching anything lately that's sort of uh 
stuck out to you that you want to talk about? What? That was me pointing at Matthew. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I, don't Joker, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he, he is on your screen. So he's on my left. I, I, I saw. I saw Joker, but I don't want to talk about it because we side railed a conversation and restarted the entire podcast because of me bringing that movie up once already. <laughs> so, in true Joker fashion, see. I watched Hobbs and Shaw again last night. The greatest movie of 2019. Okay. Okay. Um, That's a bold statement. Years aren't over question? yet. Rise of Skywalker still has to come out. I mean, I... Midsummer came out, so I don't know how that. Okay, look, guys, these could be incredible movies, and they will probably live on in history. But <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw's perfection—that um, franchise has mastered the art of making the lousy sequel exactly what I want to see by hiring actors who, the worse they get, the better the movie is, and the more I enjoy it. Oh. Um, it's, I wonder if Martin Scorsese liked uh, it. Uh, <laughs> Do you think Martin Scorsese would think Hobbs and Shaw is, is cinema? <laughs> another another topic we attempted to discuss and deemed unable to become a podcast, and yet these are what we're bringing up. <laughs> we're just going to cause division in Discord. Well, I'm kind of. Um, I, I am going to bring it up, but I'm, but I'm kind of folding it into our topic. Yeah, you don't want to make it an entire episode because, let's be honest, who cares? Um, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I care a little, but it's because of me. But you like Hobbs and Shaw. It was good. It was fun. It was what you'd probably expect yeah. from a Fast and the Furious uh, uh, joint. Yeah, I mean, a movie about street racers who are stealing DVD, VHS combo players <laughs> that are now superheroes who are invincible and save the world. It's it pretty funny. If you ever do watch Fast and the Furious ever again, pause it at the moment when they when they look into the truck of contraband, and it's just yeah. like <laughs> it's just old stereos and what what Matt was VHS, saying. VHS DVD player combos. <laughs> yeah. And JP put me on to this little show called Unbelievable. Oh, very good, very good show. And that was incredible. Not for everybody, I don't think. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, no, I was trying to think. I, there's so many things I'm forgetting. I've watched. You so watch much a lot of stuff. You're 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 very good. That we you're you've become better than I have uh, at just sort of like consuming media, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that like mm -hmm. in a in a like a like a derogatory way. Like you know, Matt's a zombie. No, and like, watch stuff, but like no. Oh, speaking of which, but finish your statement. Um, but it just, I, I wish I could watch all of the movies all the time and listen to all the podcasts and all the TV shows. It's just too much out there, too much content, and I don't have enough time, and I don't have the bandwidth sometimes. There are times, guys, where I just, like, I'll find myself alone in my room with nothing on but my phone, and I'm just, like, scrolling through Twitter for, like, and I could do that that's for a, two hours. I could do that for two hours. Huh? That's an image I didn't need in my head. Just JP alone in his room with nothing on but his phone. That's not um, what I I meant. Like on, as in the powered down. <laughs> and uh, you said zombies. Yeah. Uh, I saw Zombieland Double Tap last night. Oh, is it good? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good. I really want to see that. Love it. I, so I rewatched 
first one yesterday, and I went and saw the second one last night. I've been iffy on it. Like, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I was – it just seemed like – I mean, it just seemed like 10 years too late. But you say it's good? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Oh, good. That's good. And, and rewatch the first one and then go see it because I think it plays nicely that way. Yeah. Kind of – just get your mind right back to the, the original one and then go see this one and kind of see the update. Yeah. And um, I won't give anything away or say too much, but I love the little tiny things they threw in to show that, like, if all these years have gone by, but it was their world and all the stuff we know doesn't exist. Huh. So, like, a couple little things that they threw in there, kind of like these winking jokes about things like, hey, you know what would be a good idea? And it's something that we have all the time, but they never had it sort of a thing. That's so, fun. yeah, it's fun. it's fun. I liked it. Um, Chuck, since I'm asking yes. you since you're, you're an avid reader of Birth Movie's Death. Did you, did you happen to read the, uh, the interview between Scott Wampler and J.C. Eisenberg and Ruben Fleischer from Zombieland? Uh, I don't think I, I, I – that was on my list and I didn't get to it. It's actually really funny. It starts off with Scott bringing them a couple of uh, White Claws. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's like, I bought you boys some white claws. And they have like no idea what it is. Sponsored post. <laughs> this podcast, is, this episode of Masters of Divinity is brought to you by white claws. White claws. <laughs> There's no law when you drink a white claw. <laughs> there's a there, there's a there's a, a meme making the rounds where it says that there's a girl says her dad thought that white claw was just like LaCroix and he drinks one. He found she found out for like a week he was drinking one on his way to work every single day. <laughs> oh god <laughs> i've yet to try have you guys tried white claw yet no no because i'm not i'm i'm not 22 <laughs> i'm not i'm not a i'm not a visco girl <laughs> not a visco girl uh that's another thing i learned recently uh visco girls um i think i could be a visco boy you guys i think i could pull that off i so i do I wear a t-shirt that, that is longer than my shorts sometimes and i look Visco boy. I, I didn't even know that this what this Visco thing was. Yeah, I had no clue. Um, but Heather teaches a class now, so she was told what like about Visco and Visco girls and all that stuff. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny to me because I because I know of Visco from years ago, probably six seven years ago, when Matt and I were part of a book group. Um, like a church small group book group. Um, one of the guys in the group who's a wedding photographer, he was really into the Visco Cam app and he used it to edit all of his photos that he posted online. And so his, his all of his posts had Visco Cam hashtags on like Instagram and things like that. And that's just how I learned about the term. And so when I found out that it then morphed into this meme, um, it's just kind of fascinating to me because I, I, I associate it with, with professional photographers. And okay. now it's basically like a filter set for a type of a particular type of I photography. Guess at one time we would call them basic. <clears throat> yeah, uh, it's very norm core, as I'm told by my friend of the podcast. Uh, yeah, but this is this is um, what when my wife said something and said the word Facebook, and her whole class is like, oh. <laughs> really? Yeah. And she's like, they're like, we don't have face, we don't have a Facebook, we don't have Facebook, we don't use Facebook. She's like, so what do you use? 
and they're like, we use Instagram and yeah. Snapchat and Visco. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what is Visco? And it's just basic. They're like, it's basically you post like better images and stuff and there's no likes or anything and no follows it's just so basically you're just looking at you're looking at google images like (laughs) it's funny (laughs) that's that's so weird no it's like it's like flicker yeah (laughs) like photo bucket (laughs) yeah (laughs) these kids are going backwards we're gonna have chat room someday Yes. It is literally AIM is coming back. Hell yeah, no, t- it, it's going to be. Hey guys, what kind of social media do you use? Well, we um we all sit down and we put down this big machine where you put these little images in it and click a thing and it goes around <laughs> and shines them up on the wall and we can tell people about our trip and it's so much more meaningful than like Facebook because you actually interact with each other. And it's and be like R G C T R. Projector. Like that's <laughs> at the carousel. The, that's a I great. guess maybe it's S L D S. It slides. <laughs> oh my goodness! Nice. Okay, so Chuck, what have you been watching? Uh, really, I, not much. I um, it's uh, it's been um, you know, a lot of the shows and stuff that I watch are not back yet. Um. And I don't watch much TV, but let's see. Like I haven't seen a movie in theaters since we saw, since I since Matt and I um, was it Matt and I? Or did I see it by myself? Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood. I believe I saw you saw that by yourself. Oh, yes. by yourself. See, I don't remember. Sadly, it was just by myself. Um, that I haven't seen a movie in theaters since that movie, which is great. Was like, I, I think that was the movie of 2019. Um, um, but I, I haven't talked, I don't, think, I don't think we've really talked in the podcast about how um, did we talk about how I was, in the summer I was watching um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And it, we like, haven't blew- talked about that. No. I mean, we, we, I think we touched <clears throat> on it a little bit. You yeah. talked about it in our message group. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. It is. It is a life life changing. Like, seriously. Who's the uh, guy that created it again? What's his name? Oh, um, Hideko Anno. That's right. And he also uh, he made your Godzilla movie, right? Your uh, Shin, Godzilla. Shin Godzilla. Yeah, he made Shin Godzilla. Um, so no, I mean, I, I would love to talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion because, like, it it really is like it is it is mental. Like, it is it is a, it really it does a number. I haven't I haven't watched the final two episodes of the oh, show, which what? I understand are completely nuts. Yeah, they are insane. That that's how I watched. That's how I was introduced to Neon Genesis. And then um, I need to watch the two movies as well. So it's 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 um well that it's the two yeah. movies that I watched, not the last two episodes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every the, the, apparently the last two episodes of the of the show are are very divisive among fans. Oh yeah, and a couple of my friends who are diehards are like, they're like, yeah, just skip those garbage episodes and watch the movies. I'm like, I kind of have to see the show now. <laughs> How about uh, you let me live my <clears throat> life? Why don't you let me yeah. do that? Um, the um. Um, I, I, the problem is, is um, I was watching that. I watched most of it while Kana was out of town over the summer, and you know, Kana, Kana, as I've talked about on the show before, um, is very easily disturbed by things. And she watched like one episode, or, or she was like sitting on the couch working while I was watching one episode um, of of Evangelion, and 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 the look on her, and basically deals with like this one of the angels, which is these alien creatures, um, is like able to like draw out like someone's psycho like the, like their like their psychological trauma yeah and turns out this one character was like severely like was like kind of abused and really like like 
horrifically traumatized as a small child and and like the, the the angel like pulls that out and sort of like uses that as a weapon back against her and kano was like i yeah i don't know that i can do this <laughs> um but no, but um, I, I was I was recently on a long uh, Trans-Pacific flight, and I um, I watched finally JP after many years. I watched High Fidelity. Yes, yes, yes. It happened to be streaming on American Airlines, and I was very pleased to watch that. Um, I'm it so glad been, you did. Yeah, it's been it's been floating around out there for years. It's something I knew I needed to see, and so I, I took the I took the leap, and I watched. I watch High Fidelity. One of my all-time favorite films, a character that... Do you ever empathize with a character in a movie, but, like, you really wish you could not empathize with them? Like, you yes. really wish you couldn't? Because <laughs> it's just kind of painful to see yourself present. It's like, ooh, they found out who I am. Yeah, and that's John, John Cusack's character in the movie? Yeah, definitely. Especially with his just sort of obsession with, like... Uh, where did I go wrong with these women and like kind of just totally missing the mark completely that like he was kind of part of the problem for most of them especially when he like kind of first starts out he's sort of oblivious that he's like hurting this woman while revisiting her you know yeah yeah Um, but also the sort of painfully snobby side (laughs) of him when it comes to music and stuff um yeah, it it was kind of there, there. I had a similar feeling when I when I listened to um, Jewel, um, Jewel's um, intuition. Sorry, it wasn't her. No, um, I try to remember. It was her. It was so her she first went album. Christina Aguilera. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. Now, it was her first album. It was um, 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 "You Were Meant for Me" and "I Was Meant for You." That song. Yeah. Um, and. No, 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 not that song. Sorry, it was the other one. Um, anyway, it, it, it was one of her singles off of her first record. And listening to her describe the man that has left her was like, oh, that's that was me in my 20s. Yeah. And also similar when I listened to Adele, um, Adele's um, Someone Like You, mm-hmm. it was like I was listening to an ex-girlfriend talk about me. And it was like, oh, sorry. Ouch. Yeah, but I kind of had those elements too when I watched um, High Fidelity, and realized like I don't like it's weird how I used to like I used to empathize with these people like I used to really like Ducky in Pretty oh, Pink, Ugh. and like going back now I was like oh god what a toxic individual I hate Ducky Ugh. like I hate Ducky so much I don't even like that movie like I can't even watch the movie um, yeah well cool I'm glad you watched that. I love that movie. We should talk about that movie on this podcast someday. That could be a good like, like right before Music Mayhem. Yeah, talk about because because of how how much it's rooted in music, right. um, and it kind of it, it was also interesting to watch it as late as I did because it was at a time when people didn't know that Jack Black was like really a, like a, a musician. Yeah, and so they used that fact to kind of surprise you that he's very good at what he does right yeah yeah um and um so that joke kind of was like oh it could have been funnier if i had no idea that jack black could actually sing and perform yeah that was back when jack black was still kind of part of mostly known as being part of like the bed stiller crew right you know they all hadn't 
completely branched out just yet. Yeah, he had done like Shallow uh, Hal. Yeah, he was like a very supporting role, the cable guy. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I think High Fidelity is the one he did before he started like starring in all of his own films and stuff. And yeah, it definitely felt like sort of a breakout role for him in terms of... of He's of very his... funny. Yeah, and then because he, he seems like a, it's it, it seems like the character he plays in High Fidelity is akin to the character he plays in um, like School of Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, I I uh, I'm not going to get into everything I've been watching, uh, but I'll just talk about the one thing I, I recently watched. I I recently finished uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I, I want to see that on HBO and uh, hilarious. Probably one of the funniest things I've seen this year. Um, but also, I'm just like a huge. Danny McBride fan. I think he's actually like probably one of my favorite people in Hollywood that's working in Hollywood. And I will say to our audience, like if you don't like the sort of Danny McBride humor, you're probably not going to like it. But the subject matter was just like too real because it's all about, Mm -hmm. you know, like a a televangelist family uh, and them dealing with like blackmail and, um, um, fame and lots of other family issues and stuff. Uh, Walton Goggins deserves like all of the Emmys uh, for his performance as his character named baby Billy. Um, Walton Goggins is a national treasure and is great in everything he does. Everything, everything. Um, So yeah, he's great. He plays, uh, he plays his character who's just like, Oh God, he just, he just nails it. He nails the Southern televangelist more than anybody else on that show. And it's just like he just disappears into the role. And it's crazy. He's, he's just he's insane. Um, so I highly recommend it. Like if you like the whole Danny McBride, like if you liked. I mean, I didn't really like the Kenny Powers thing, but I really loved the show Vice Principals on HBO. Those two seasons that also had Danny McBride and, and, and Walton Goggins. Um, but that's great. It was a great show. They had this at the beginning of the season. One of my favorite gags is uh, they're like on this mission um, in China, and it opens with them like they're all trying to baptize everybody in this giant uh, pool, and then it turns out it's actually like a wave pool at a theme park, and it, and it comes on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this horrible like PR thing for them. I think they're baptizing everybody, these Chinese people, in a in a, in a wave pool, and it actually came on. And... <laughs> Personally, I think that would be awesome. But <laughs> so it makes me think about um, we just started Sunday school here at the church um, a couple weeks ago, and I told Charlie because Charlie's of age to be going to Sunday school, and so I said, you know, the, before I said, All right, Charlie, on Sunday, you know, you're going to be going to Sunday school now, and he's like, "What Sunday school?" I said, "Well, you know, it's like he's like it's, it's school, you know, but you're learning about God and stuff." And he goes, "Oh, he's like, do they have games there?" I said, "Well, yeah, they'll play some games and, and things like that." And then he goes, "Do they have laser tag there?" And I said. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, dude. They don't have laser tag. And he goes, "It'd be a lot better if they did." Yeah, like that's. I I don't doubt that. <laughs> nice. And that and that is how the the church has gone today too. You know, it'd be better if we had laser tag. <laughs> they have laser tag. <laughs> um. Yeah. He loves. No, I want to see that show, and it sounds more and more like there's reasons Chuck should sign up for that HBO after all, huh? Maybe. Well, oh. if it's gonna be on H, if it's gonna be on HBO, this podcast brought to you by HBO Max. <laughs> if it's gonna be like on HBO Max, I'd be interested in that because that's picking up a bunch of like Warner Brothers stuff too, right? Like movies and, and yeah, all of that. Apparently. So that's probably gonna be uh, worth it. I, I think that's gonna probably be worth it a lot. 
that. Yeah, I, Kane and I have to have a serious conversation about what we're paying for in terms of our streaming because Disney uh, Plus. I, I, we're gonna have. I mean, that's with some, with children. That is like ne- that's a necessity. Like uh-huh. when your child is born, you should like get like a free year subscription. <laughs> Every child comes with a subscription for Disney Plus in the USA. Well, I just oh. found out. I just found out on their saw on their website supposedly with Apple. If you buy a new iPhone, you get Apple TV Plus for a year. Oh gosh, this is like this is so bad, guys. There's there's so many. Oh my gosh, we're going to be paying more for streaming than we ever paid for cable. Well, only yeah, if you okay. only if you want to. Yeah, you yeah, have well, control over this. Well, and that's what it is, JP. Is what'll happen is all these streaming services will start costing so much that they'll have to reshape the entire way they think, which is to all come together and form one company that offers all these streaming services available at one cost, and to lower the cost, we'll add commercials to it. And what we just did is recreated cable company. And that company's name is Disney. So no, or Disney will just take over. Yeah. We'll just pay yeah. them everything. I'll be Disney. Listen, man, I just got back from Galaxy's Edge. Disney can <laughs> Disney can run the world. I don't, you know, just like I don't. Oh, that's right. You went to Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I just, I'll bury the lead. <laughs> well. Um, I want to talk about Galaxy's Edge, but we need to get into the topic. For, what, what if the topic is just this? I don't know. You guys don't oh, mind way, just riffing? I saw, I saw, I saw the new Rambo too. By the way, we gotta add oh, that. To oh, jeez. How important was that? things we saw. Did you do that as a double feature at Joker? Please tell me it, you did. It is. It, um, Here's the thing. The, you know the, what? The, I I I read the Wikipedia article on the entire movie because I knew I was gonna be able to see it, and uh-huh. uh, even just reading the Wikipedia article, I was like, it, what the hell? I knew. The new Rambo movie is kind of like going over to your grandma's house for dinner uh-huh. and talking with her and cringing at everything she says because she doesn't realize she doesn't quite realize that everything she's saying is racist. <laughs> um, that's what the new Rambo movie was like. Uh, just ooh, no, um, that, that uh, that's about it. I think the Ram- the Rambo series has my I think is my favorite series of films with like the best naming conventions because they're so muddled and don't make any sense. The first right. one is is First Blood. Okay, we're gonna go down the list. First one is First Blood. Just First. But Blood. that one actually, but that actually made sense. Yeah, yeah. Because they drew First Blood, so right. it's First Blood. Second one. So that made sense. Second one is Rambo First Blood Two. It's no, fine. that. Uh, no, it's not fine. No, first blood. <laughs> it's it's too. okay. It's okay. Make, it made more sense if they went like the comedy way and did well, first blood. T O O. This is like, this is the early eighties. So this is the early eighties. Come this on. Is, this is the early eighties. We're still trying to figure out what sequels are and what they're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Legacy. Uh, third one is Rambo three. <laughs> There's been no Rambo one. <laughs> Rambo Rambo one was technically last first, blood two. First blood two. First one, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth one, which came out many, many years later. Many years later. And actually, probably my favorite of the series. Uh, Just Rambo. Rambo. That's that's, that's just Rambo. That's that's (laughs) Rambo 1, in a way. Like, they finally Uh, made it. That's the one that came out in 2008, where he, uh, he transports a bunch of missionaries to Burma. Yeah. And then, like, they get slaughtered by the government. That is the, the joyful celebration of redemptive 
violence. The church hires a group of mercenaries to go save them. And Rambo's the one that's transporting the mercenaries. And all the mercenaries die. And Rambo, it's up to Rambo to save the, the missionaries. And it's great because right. the mercenaries are like very cliche. They're like, I'm an, I'm an evil mercenary. And they're sending the devil to save God's children. Like that's, wait, have you seen this movie, wait. Chuck? Hey, no, I haven't. I, just want, I wanted to because it came out right around the time that I had been to Thailand. And so I was kind of interested in it because it was you know, sort of contemporary to where I had just been. Yeah. And um, – and, uh, uh, and it was, you know, I remember reading about it in Relevant Magazine. They'd done an interview with Stallone, and, you know, he'd become, like, an evangelical Christian. And so this is something he was, like, he <laughs> had read. He had, yeah, he read this He read this book about the Cambodian missionaries or whatever and, you know, like, the, they're, they're, like what happens to them. And he was like, I read this, and, like, I really felt like this is what Rambo should be doing or whatever. He, he and became they had a PBA missions kid. Yeah, they had, they had that book that he was talking about, like I'm reading relevant, like yeah. on the plane to Thailand or whatever. And like, I see the book he's talking about in a bookstore <laughs> in Thailand. Um, so it had clearly, um, it clearly had an impact on, on, yeah. on, on John Rambo. And, uh, so John Rambo became a PBA missions kid. Pretty much. I, I just want to say that I, I'm, I'm very ashamed of JP daring to claim that Rambo movies would have cliche characters in them <laughs> because the newest one took place mainly in Mexico and there was nothing horribly racist or stereotypical or cliche about the characters that he wrote in Mexico. Right. So I don't know what you're saying. Okay. What's the, and what's the last one? Is it just Rambo Last Blood? I think it's just Rambo 5, right? No, it's Final Blood or Last Blood or... Hold on. I'm out of blood. Or Please tell me it's called Rambo also. That would be <laughs> blood transfusion. That there's three movies in the series that are titled technically titled Rambo. Okay, it's, it's, it's Rambo Last Blood. Yeah. Okay. Which is a good title. Let's, let's be honest. That's a good title. It is good. Rambo yeah. Dialysis. Rambo. <laughs> to the last drop. Um, I... I... Uh, I uh, I loved Rambo as a kid. And here's the thing that gets me about the whole Rambo thing is the first movie is about a, a non vet who is shell shocked and has PTSD and he's homeless. And it's really about trying to you know, gin up sympathy for these non vets that the U S government doesn't care about. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's the movie, right? It's, it's a pacifistic kind of anti-war movie. No, well, I wouldn't call it pacifistic. It's very violent. <laughs> well, right, but but like, but like, but, but yeah, like, the, the but message, is, message that, is like war is cool. Like that's yeah, the message. He can't turn it off, and he has PTSD. Yeah, yeah, and he's and, being treated horribly by people. And then the rest of the movies are just like, actually, he's just a killing machine, and we're gonna and and then by the third one, they use him to to uh, start the Taliban. <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you by the brave fighters of the Mujahideen in no. Afghanistan. No, they, <laughs> they no. Guys, they do a deep, meaningful callback to his PTSD in the newest Rambo. Oh, jeez. He randomly does things like, <laughs> in dark rooms, um, and hears noises that aren't there. So don't insult them. You guys don't know the depth that this movie went to. Well, from what I understand, there Personally, was... Personally, I look forward to Rambo and bombing fluid in 10 years. <laughs> the guy who wrote Rambo, the the... the... First Blood novel is supposed was supposed to be like no, no no the guy who wrote Rambo was Sylvester Stallone <laughs> okay, to the well, point yeah. where he 
where, to the point where he tried to sue and make them change the t- the book author to Sylvester Stallone. Really, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. He oh, tried gosh. to have the author's name removed from the original. Book. That's so That's crazy. Fantastic. Well, the original first one novel is supposed <laughs> to be God. like a. It's supposed to be like the the sort of counterculture generation versus like the earlier generation like Vietnam vet versus the Korean War vet and like Rambo was supposed to be like this like super radicalized sort of kind of kind of leftist character and you know the the sheriff was supposed to be like this very reactionary character and it was supposed to be like you know you, you root for both sides kind of like he kind of there's like a gray area in there you don't really know who like the good guy is and then like the first movie is is kind of that a little bit not really there's a little bit of a counterculture, like we t- like you said earlier, but then it just kind of devolves into like, well, you know, Schwarzenegger is popular, so Stallone should be just shooting people. Yeah, too. basically, it was like what if, because like Rocky had become like this all-American like icon, and so the idea was sort of like, well, let's just give Rocky a gun and turn him loose, and turn him loose in Which, Afghanistan. I mean, I guess Cobra <clears throat> wasn't uh, successful enough to, to to spawn sequels, so they had to do Rambo. Yeah, yeah, it's funny when you, you said Cobra, and I was I was actually thinking of the you know the terrorist organization that the GI Joes fight. Oh no, I'm talking about the yeah, I know you're talking about the movie where he like cuts pizza <laughs> with a scissor. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anywho, so could the you truth. imagine Rambo at Galaxy's Edge? Like maybe he doesn't really know here's, what's going on. Okay, <laughs> he's right, like so, killing stormtroopers. Like. Here's a, here's a jump here's here here's a serious like way we can jump into into maybe somewhat of what we were gonna talk about. So we had we had initially had planned on talking about the, the truth, and I, I think the truth is we're just not gonna get to that topic. But here's the thing that I recently learned about Galaxy's Edge is that the way that Lucasfilm and Disney thinks about Galaxy's Edge is that when you're in Galaxy's Edge, you are actually on the planet of Batu, yeah, and that everything that takes place in that in that planet takes place over the course of a single day that sort of repeats itself or whatever and that and the events of whatever happens in that planet is happening actually in the star wars universe it is canonical everything that happens so that means the coke that i bought was a canonical action (laughs) in the star wars universe it means that when 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 ford steered the Millennium Falcon into a wall. <laughs> that happened in the Star Wars universe. That is a canonical action. You asking where the bathroom is. That right. was or a refresher, as they call them. Hot, hot tip for listeners out there. If you find yourself at Galaxy's Edge, don't ask where the bathroom is. Ask where the refresher is. And, uh, and, and, and say, in, in its morning, bright suns. Oh. Okay. Oh no! Was it rising suns, bright suns, and setting suns? Maybe I don't remember. Those are that. That's good morning, good good afternoon, and good night. Did you they, have uh, a lot of interaction with the with the cast members and stuff? Like, did you kind of? Yeah, actually, I had a really interesting. It, it's it's weird because it's like on some level, it's like Colonials Williamsburg. Like they're like trying to like really sell that you're like in this, and um, so like they're you know, you, but it's still still so new that it, you can tell that they're not all there yet. You know, because, for instance, when you buy something, you know, like it's eight dollars. No, it's eight credits. Um, And your receipt is not a receipt. It is a it is a um, what is it? A a shipping slip or something Uh, like like a cargo slip or something like that. Um, But they um, 
so there, so but like I, when I got breakfast at one of the restaurants, um, the, the 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 cast member wanted to talk about you know my boys and talked about you know because they were cute. And she was trying to talk to me about her nephew. And we were trying to make like a small talk conversation as I'm waiting for my food to come out. But she had to keep peppering in this Star Wars stuff. And so she was sort of like, oh, yeah, my, my nephew who lives off planet. <laughs> um, so, so when they refer to anything outside the park, they refer to it as off planet. That's pretty funny. And, and uh, you know, and I saw cast members talking to regular other people and being like, Hey, can I come with you? I've been stuck on this planet for hour, like for like days, and like I really have just, you know, like I want to see the universe. Can I go with you to get off planet? And it's just, it's, it's kind of weird. You're like on, on uh, that level. Uh, Fifteen hundred credits, please. Right. I'll do that. Um, but um, but it is very immersive. Yeah. And you do feel like you're walking around in a Star Wars world a bit. That's pretty cool. You know that. And like while you're randomly, well, what's kind of funny to me is this is a weird thing I think about because like so one, one of the things we saw while we were eating was um, Ray and a resistance person um, were having a conversation and like and stormtroopers were nearby and so they started hiding from the stormtroopers and they were like sitting down at random customers' tables and pretending they were just sort of like with them and like hiding <laughs> stormtroopers and like Kylo Ren as they walked around and stuff and um, and like. Which is cool, right? Yeah. It kind of reminded me when the Holy Land experience first opened in Orlando, you know, the the the, the Christian theme park. <laughs> yeah. They did the same thing where they would have like beggars hanging out at the restaurant and the Roman soldiers would hassle them and <laughs> and like they'd say stuff to you. Yeah. So it's weird to think that the but Holy Land just experience kept... pioneered something that Disney later did. Yeah. But they just kept trying to hide the word in your heart at your table. Oh, and... Yes, that that's true. <laughs> but no, like... You're not allowed. Answer. You're not allowed to call my jokes corny or cheesy when we are talking about the Holy Land experience. Yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> come on, it's all appropriately fitting. Leave me but alone. Like the stormtroopers come by, and like if you're on your phone, they'll be like, "What are you doing with that data pad?" And they, uh, and and you know, they'll say stuff to you. And like you know, if you're wearing if you're wearing like a resistance thing on your shirt, they'll give you grief. Um, Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren says stuff. I could um, see this going so horribly wrong on our family trip because I could see, because I know me, I know me, and I know my patience with people during certain scenarios, and theme parks don't always bring out the best in me <laughs> because the happiest place on earth is always two steps away from a screaming child in Disney, um, and when your child is a screaming child, it's like the most nerve-wracking experience ever. And I could just totally picture, like, my kid needing to go to the bathroom or something and me asking, like, where the bathroom is. And they start this nonsense, you mean the refresher? And, I'm, and I'd be like, I mean, you better show me where it is before I have him pee on your feet. I will like, say, they don't correct you. Okay. And I could say, like, what are you doing on that Oh, so, so are they just like, you I have no idea where the bathroom is. Bye, sir. Like... <laughs> That- yeah, they don't. They don't correct you. They they don't do the Colonial Williamsburg thing where they all like where they're like, "What is that thing you have in your hand?" Or <laughs> you know, really, they, they don't do that kind of thing. They kind of get the sense that you know you're speaking a alien language to them, but they sort of like, "Oh, that's like you know, like I get it, it's it's not as annoying as you think it would be, Matt." Yeah. We'll so see. all the all the signage is in is in um, is in Galactic Basic. Um, yeah, Arabesh, whatever. 
Um, and when you walk in, they give you a little card with that. Also, if, if you want to, you can translate the signs. Um, and it, but they do give you like a guide, like a little map. Now they totally um, need to, to incorporate in their My Disney Experience app. They just need to incorporate like the Google Translate option, you know, where you can like do. point your camera and it translates into English. They do. Yeah, they Got have, it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the the, the uh, Disney Park cool. the Disney 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 Parks Play app is that what it's called? Disney or Play Disney? It's like an app that they developed so that they, for some of the rides have really long waits. They have games that you can play for the wait. Huh. Well, they, they 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 leverage that really strongly for for Galaxy's Edge, and it converts your phone into a Star Wars data pad. And there's like little mini games and stuff. This would be actually cool for your kids. They there's like you can do things where you're sort of like working for the resistance and you're trying to find like lo- they they want you to locate a particular cargo item and all over the park the all the various like cargo like containers have um QR codes on them that are in a special shape that the that the phone the data pad reads and so you go through and you take photos and it tells you what's inside each of those containers and so then, like, if you find the thing you're looking for, it, like, notifies the resistance that, like, you know, this material is located and they can, like, confiscate it or whatever. Um, um, one of the that bothered me was one of the shops is a first order shop. And it says, the description says, pledge your allegiance to the first order and and buy things. And, like, my kids wanted to go there. I'm like, we're not going there. I'm like, why not? It's like, be- <laughs> because we're not going to pledge allegiance to the first order. <laughs> Just to look at. Stormtrooper costumes for kids, which is very disturbing to me. I, you, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I think I used to go back to our first episode, and you'll hear JP rant about that. But a hundred plus episodes later, it's you kind of, I kind of realized that like there's no like um, there's no real ideology behind the First Order or the Empire. It's just like. We're bad people when we want to do bad things. So I mean, you know, it, it's not, it's not like you're you're pledging to like racism or genocide. Well, I guess there's some genocide. Um. <laughs> there are there are no aliens in the first order or in the empire, JP. They're all humans, um, except for Grand Moff Tarkin. I mean, sorry, um, 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 Admiral, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the blue guy. Oh, 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 Thrawn. Yeah. Thrawn, Grand Animal Thrawn. Thank you. I don't know, but still, even then, that, that we could we could just say that's problematic. <laughs> I will say that uh, Batu, because it's designed to be like on the edge of the galaxy, hence the name. Yeah. Um, that it's it's not in the control of either the the Resistance or the First Order. Um, it it has more of the criminal aspect of Disney. Like, are we? Sorry. Disney of Star Wars, the you know the the gangster criminal underbelly, you know shady things going on. Cool. I so the more of the bounty hunter type yeah. element, which has been missing from from Star Wars yeah. recently. I think you in your uh, text based role playing days would be would have been shut very up, excited. Shut, don't don't bring that up. I mean, yeah, I would, but <laughs> listen, man, listen. When you're parking the Millennium Falcon, Dash Rendar's ship is in there. What? The yeah. Outrider. The Outrider is in the hangar with the YT with the YT twenty four hundred Outrider. That's the... mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Um, well, I'm I'm glad you got to experience that, Chuck. I, I hope I can I hope I can do that soon. 
Uh, well, the reason I brought this up is that whole notion of truth, right? Because, yeah. you know, we're not going to really talk about this anymore, I guess. But <laughs> it's that but it's that weird thing of 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 what makes something like true. OK, is anything really happening? The perception of galaxy's edge. So, uh, is it is it only is it only happening within that fictional universe? Uh, Matt? Saying? I don't I don't even understand what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I um you lost me on some planet when you started talking about the ship and the other ship. Okay, the, well so the, the outrider list. was a ship that belonged oh, no. to oh, Josh no. Rednar. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. I wasn't asking. I was just <laughs> saying that's where you lost me. The um, so Shadows of the Empire was this phenomenal Star Wars game that was canon for a while. The game, like, game novel, the game. Uh, action figure campaign. Action figure. It was a whole campaign without a movie. That's sort of the idea. Yep. And yep. Uh, the outrider General, was, oh, was a, uh, Shizor was the villain, right? Shizor or Shizor? Shizor. X-I-Z-O-R. Head of the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. The mis- the mistake that I you thought I want to know this information. Um I just get myself in trouble when I talk. That's what happens. It takes, it takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It's meant to fill in the gap of what's happening, of how they get to Jabba the Hutt's palace to rescue Han. Yeah. Got it. Dash Rinzar was awesome. He was. He was Luke Skywalker's bodyguard. Uh, and the Outrider was sort of like a mini Millennium Falcon, which is why it was cool. Why, why, did, why did Luke Skywalker need a bodyguard? He was a Jedi. Well, he had a he had a hit on. on him, you know. I'm doing my own podcast. Oh, <laughs> Matt has a new iPhone. He's trying to well, show guys, off his no. iPhone 11. Look at, Look at no, no. The truth is, no. The truth is, we can edit that out because I honestly would not have picked it up if I remembered that <laughs> because of you too, not because of anybody else. Hey, <laughs> Luke, I got a, I got a, for my birthday, I got I'm a new so... Apple Watch <sighs> Series Three. Um actually mad at myself i picked up my phone now okay. i got a 10r yeah baby anyway what is truth We're not, that's what pontius pilot said what is truth start my own podcast on the side um so. well okay well i think truth is uh, subjective there you go we're done <laughs> I think truth is movies like the faculty, the faculty, and Scream, and Amen. and teaching Mrs. Tingle, and disturbing behavior. <laughs> I think the truth is that is real cinema. Teaching Mrs. Tingle. That's a deep one there. I appreciate that reference. I just watched um, for no reason other than what else are you gonna do when you're stuck at work for a 16-hour shift? Yeah. I clicked play on Boogeyman. I, starring, I didn't watch that. No. Starring What's-His-Face. I don't remember his name now. But the one from Teaching Mrs. Tingle. He's Ooh. also 7th Heaven. He had his fame in 7th Heaven. I didn't watch 7th oh, Heaven. I didn't. The guy who played Noah. Um, no, no. The guy who played Noah in 7th Heaven was your boy who played Cyclops, right? James Marsden? Didn't James Marsden get his start, his start on 7th Heaven? No. Are you thinking of the he dad? He has a seventh heaven face. No, no, not 
any of those people. You're killing me here. Oh, no, no. Barry Martin, Martin was on second Noah. Barry Watson. Barry Watson. Yes. I don't know. He played Matt Camden. <laughs> right, Matt Camden. Uh, yes. This yeah. guy. Yeah, I confused okay. him with uh, Cyclops. Yeah. And he was in note. Boogeyman, and he was... Sorry if you're listening, sir, but he was awful, and the movie was awful. <laughs> Not good. But, but yeah, no. But anyways. I don't know. I, well, yeah, I, to me, that, that, is, uh, you know, that, is, that is cinema. So you would remember him as this, then, JP. There he is. Okay, yeah. That's the That's old school. That's teaching Mrs. Tingle, Barry Watson. It was originally called Killing Mrs. Tingle. Killing the... Mrs. Tingle, but too violent. The uh, the, uh, the I realize like our audience has no idea at at, at all what is going on in this podcast. <laughs> this is it's all right. Neither do we. So we I'm were I, so we, much fun we, though. It's so we good. are yes, but we were we were going to talk about truth, and then we got really sidelined as I mentioned already. Um, but JP had also wanted to talk about uh, Martin Scorsese's feelings on what constitutes true cinema, and um, and we thought that that could be blended into talking about truth. And instead, we've 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 talked about talked about none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> and but maybe all of that is truth. I don't know. Perhaps I mean I think. Teaching Mrs. Tingle is cinema. That is truth. I think that is truth. That's it's my truth. I, I can't ever tell. That's yeah, a problematic phrase. <laughs> there's, there's another. There's another thing about JP that really. You know what really grinds my gears? Oh, I can never what, tell. How do I piss you off? Which side Matt? of the Please. argument? I can. I can never tell which side of the argument JP is actually standing up for. Because his level of sarcasm sometimes is so perfectly mastered that I don't know if he stands for all movies being considered cinema or if he stands for the high art ones being cinema and these are trash. I can't, I can't, tell, I can't tell what he actually well, thinks. I, Just like I still don't know if he like Was it Chili's? Chili's. Yeah, I like Chili's. I love Chili's. I still, to this day, don't know if Matt. he likes the restaurant Chili's. Matt. And I seriously Matthew. have almost i'm not listening to you right now i have <laughs> I, almost I i've almost beat him when he's visited a few times because of this and i'm like jp just tell me whether or not you like chilies <laughs> oh i love chilies i'm like i hate you just tell me if you like it or not and i still don't know it's been this is seven years eight years i still don't know if he, he likes the restaurant chilies well uh, i can i can clear it up right now I, I love chilies. Oh, I love chilies. Yeah. Shut your face <laughs> and tell me what you think about cinema quickly because I'm hanging up on you because I'm done with your face. I love Marvel. <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like it's you get, they get you get you get you can get like two margaritas for like five bucks. What isn't there to love? <laughs> yeah, but that's all you can drink. Or the queso they cut they cut you off. I don't know about that. I mean, it's not enough to hate them. So I don't know if that you know. I'm not, I love them. I love them. That's a good good Start restaurant. Up. <laughs> what do you what do you think about cinema? <laughs> Well, okay. Well, I mean, I, I, will, I just wanted to say moving, this. Moving I, I, images that tell a story, that's cinema. Whatever. If there's moving images that tell a story, it's cinema. That's well, your answer. you know, that's not – I don't I – Is don't, this I, cinema? 
Yes, this, it is. Are you cinema? This is cinema. No, it's not. It's television cinema? It's, yes, no, it is. No, it's not. No. How it's, is it not? It's not. It's not. It's 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 they're, they're, they're very dist- they're cinema is cinema. Uh, you you go to a theater to watch cinema. To I me. think. But I think to me that's just about that's. But I'm gonna say to me that's just but, about the only criteria for it. Well, so, that it plays so, so it streaming Netflix movies are not cinema. made. It is made well, no, because. That's a, but the way the world works now is different. I, I, it's hard to explain streaming. I don't want to talk about streaming yet. That's a different topic. But my point is cinema was something that was made for the grand scale on the big screen, the, the, the level of effects, the level of sound. See, we have that in our living room now. That's why I said streaming is a different discussion. But cinema was created for the big screen, the big, you know, the effects, the budgets, the sound quality, the camera styles. It's where new well, yeah, things were tried when, out. When it first it. came out when and, during the silent but, film era, it was seen as sort of low art. Yeah. As but I'm saying, gimmicky. But, but, yeah, but I'm just saying cinema to me, cinema is what was created for the purpose of like the movies. Like you would say, right. I'm going to the movies. This is the movies. And to me, streaming does fit into that in a weird way because it's a, just a different way the world works. But television was television cinema was cinema like the movies and tv were two very different the silver screen and the whatever you know they were two totally different things yeah. in today's world they blend so much that it's hard to tell well but i would still argue because yeah. so no chuck i would still argue streaming is not cinema but i would argue that some of it is done at the quality and level of legitimate cinema and therefore can be discussed and viewed on that level but it was created for the smaller screen the the you know I mean, the release it we're just there there are just from an artistic level different goals between if we're talking about distinction between television and cinema um, there's a different sort of approach to creating television than there is cinema. There's a different, um, I don't know, the way, way, you know, writers are in charge in television and, and cinema directors are in charge. Well, at least that's, that's sort of the, the uh, ideal way of kind of viewing it because producers can be in charge, co- you know, corporations and studios can be in charge. Yeah, well, like, and like, yeah, like the role of producers different from television to the movies. Like the yeah. producers a lot more, a lot more hands-on influential in and a television. Dan Harmon talks about that, it too. He's like, for TV, it's like you're making something somebody can have on while they're folding laundry. You know, cinema is a very different kind of thing. It's a bit more engaging, I guess. Um, but I mean, you're, it, it, yeah. I, but, but you're 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 equating. You're equating all like, on, like, like there can be good cinema and bad cinema. Absolutely, oh, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, 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 that's so, not the discussion. Good, good cinema, the faculty, bad cinema. I don't know. Uh, teaching Mrs. That's, Tingle. <laughs> just, I, mean, I, I just, it, it's all cinema. I think it's all cinema. Like, it could be good cinema, it could be bad cinema. It's all cinema. 
Probably, no, but you I, but can't I just say that good cinema is the only is is only cinema. Probably, but I, 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 and I. By the way, the more the more I say the word cinema, the weirder I feel. I hate that word. I the more you say cinema. it, the more I hate it. But I, I feel cinema. like there's there's a certain intention behind Martin Scorsese's words, and there's a certain, I think, goal, personal goal he has. He's trying to preserve a certain type of cinema that is, frankly. A little bit in danger of going away and it's the kind yeah, that I, yeah well i think where he got himself in trouble is he he should have stuck with talking in terms of like classic cinema and well, talked about you know or the the whatever age of cinema like don't try and make a statement that but, cuts out half of or 90 percent of the stuff that's out now as even being cinema well, I think he was just trying to come up with a distinction, you know, and, and, and I don't think he saw his words as trying to be inflammatory. Like, I don't think he sees because he, he, he tries to say it many times. He's like, I'm not saying any of this is bad. I'm just saying it's not what ha- was always used to be perceived as in it, which is more a more artistic driven medium to where, I mean, you know, Marvel and Disney it's it is mostly market driven it is mostly you know artistically dictated by people other than the people who are collaborating on the movie the director and the writer um and he's just trying to make that distinction he's trying to say you know that the citizen canes and even like uh, the first reforms from like last year like there there are still movies coming out that he would probably consider to be cinema other than marvel but it's he's saying there's a certain type of cinema that's that's going away and needs to be preserved because there is a sort of purity to to, to that artistic vision of cinema. Yeah, but the other I think, thing I is, think that I think that's all a myth and hogwash. Exactly. I was going to say the other thing is I don't agree that that's going away in any way, shape, or form. And that's, the movies that you mentioned are partial proof of that. The other thing is now, and I know there's a whole argument about the like. Chuck brought up streaming, but now there's so many outlets for incredible movies to be made that, like, I, I think we're at a point where there's even more, like, great art being made, and people, you can, it's out there. You, it's there, just as easy to find or as hard to find as it used to be. Like, I, I didn't can, see the, the deep big stuff before either. I can understand if we're talking about, like, you know, if, if, if at some point in Hollywood's past, you know, like if it, there was, I, I I feel like when people make these arguments about that there was this certain type of film art, something that existed in this pure state, like that's a myth. It's an absolute myth. Um, Cecil B. DeMille was making blockbuster, over-the-top things that don't hit the kind of stuff that Scorsese is trying to get at. Like... Yeah, there have been movies like The Badlands and there are movies, you know, like there are these there are movies out there that are smaller scale that tell these very, you know, these very deep and important emotional stories. Um, But there's also been bombast and spectacle. And the first I mean, the first movies were spectacle, right? I mean, the first, you know, what, what, what the isn't it like sort of the understood that the first movie was the movie where the train comes at you? Well, I mean, it was one of them. Yeah. And that, that was a gimmick. Yeah. Well, that's right? what I was saying. That's, I mean, that's early cinema. It was kind of seen as, as gimmicky and low art. 
Well, right, uh, but, but but it like but, it, it, it 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 but the, the point the point is is that it it evolved like it evolved into from right, it will continue to evolve. It never freezes. Yeah. Evolution is constant, and but, so the so to sit there and say like oh this new thing as it's evolving now where this. You know, we're talking about movies that are sort of linked together to 12, you know, 25 movies to tell a, a, a one big story. But they're all connected by this different, you know, this pre this pre visualization group and this producer runs. And it's just a different approach to it. But it doesn't I mean, it still I mean, tells a story. I mean, if you want me to start adjusting my glasses <laughs> and get the, my go go to the well, actually uh, fall down the, the well. I, I'm not going to. That's not a, that's a bad bit. Uh just say like that's in a way it, that's I think people kind of see that as, as as a regression, not as an evolution, because when cinema was evolving in sort of the mid 20th century, it was, it was evolving away from how studios mandated their films be made and said they had a more singular voice, which not everyone agreed with. There are plenty of critics who are against sort of the auteur theory and stuff. And but yeah, it, it, just... it did bring it to a point where it's like, oh, so like it, cinema can be something that's not dictated by money or market or, or or these things it could be dictated by a person with just a just a vision and they're the direct and the, the the director can have that vision to be the author of the film you know marvel i think people see marvel as sort of a regression from that from taking that power away from the director and giving it back to the studios yeah I mean, probably but i, I just people, I, but people but, I, but also i want to be i, I want to state people were saying the same thing i was seeing spielberg in the 80s so right right that's Who cool. Scorsese that's... Is like best friends with and I think that this argument, it, this this argument that, that that people like Scorsese and others bring, it it tends. I mean, for Scorsese, oh shocker, when he when he talks about the kind of movie that he thinks represents like hot, you know, like the proper form of cinema or whatever. Uh, again, I know it's an off the cuff comment, so it's kind of stupid to 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 delve into it too deep. But of course, it's like movies that he made in the nineteen seventies when he was a rebel and trying to shake up a system oh my gosh a boomer thinks that their generation and the thing they accomplished is like the end-all be-all of culture you know what i mean like it's i don't i don't think that's the correct way to paint martin scorsese but okay but i just i mean but i mean there's an element of that right that like everyone thinks that when especially when they are a mover and shaker and a disruptor they think that their generation and their vision for it was the best one like we will be guilty of the same thing when we are Scorsese's age. We are going to complain about whatever the kids are into. We already are. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, you, you're you're right about that. I'm not I'm not trying to argue against that idea. I think that that's there's definitely truth to that. I think you're right, but I just don't think that is necessarily what what Martin Scorsese is is necessarily doing. Just a few weeks ago, he praised Hereditary. Like he said, it was a remarkable film. It was like one of the greatest horror films ever made you know so and, and i'm not trying to say like what he's talking about doesn't exist he's trying to say that it's it's gonna it, it's it's he sees it as sort of a being endangered and i don't know i think there's there's truth that people are saying that people are afraid of it it is harder well, it is it is harder for it was i mean just go back and listen to steven Spielberg talk about like how hard it was for him to make abraham lincoln or did the, the lincoln movie like it almost yeah. was made by HBO, but, like 
Right, but there's an but there. When I hear those arguments, there's this, there's this assumption as though that like we are that these folks are entitled to make the thing they want to make, and there's no it's 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 entertainment. Ultimately, it's entertainment, and entertainment is something that is like it's not necessary. I think like, it's extremely necessary. Entertainment but as, just... a, as a category, but I'm saying entertainment as a category is necessary. Like we need to entertain ourselves, but there's no particular like there's no no movie ever needs to be made. I don't understand that. I don't understand the logic. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't really understand that argument. Like, okay, no, no, no movie needs to be made, so it's okay that these movies are going away. Like, is that? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's. If if the story needs to be, if if you if you as the creator feel that the story needs to be told and it needs to be told, um, in a particular medium, then I don't. I I feel like you're gonna find a way to make that story get told. Okay. Right. Like, like there's like, okay, so maybe it doesn't play in, it doesn't play in 10,000 screens, but there, there, you have a, you have a 4k camera in your pocket. You can, you can, you can read books on how to frame and how to edit. You can, you can make the movie. There's really nothing stopping you from making the movie. It might not be fully to the vision you want to make it, but you can make it. Yes and no. I don't think Taxi Driver would have been Taxi Driver without Robert De Niro, but well, maybe. But I mean, I I just it. I mean, I get the point too that you know it it is kind of frustrating that the money is only going to these massive you know these movies that are treated like a massive product. I mean, you know, equivalent to like music, right? If the only music that was being made was well, I mean, we have pop music, right? And pop. I mean, I, I guess there's a, there's a fair comparison to be made here, but but I also think that pop music right now is making is doing interesting things and in, in developing a bit more artistic merit than it has in yeah. the past, and um, and I, I also think that pop cinema is also doing the same thing, but um, but like well, but the difference is is that I can still find I can still you can still find music. That like if I want to if I get a band together and I want to record whatever weirdo music I want to record like I can stick to Spotify or something right and it's in terms of its quality it's still like it doesn't it it's it's gonna be the same pretty much right I mean it's really you know it's it, it's not it's really not that different for me to get like Keelan together and record a piece of music in our in like a bedroom than if we were to like rent out like a huge studio like maybe it would sound a little more you know some of the some of the recording sound might sound better but the fundamental like music on paper right it's primarily it's not that different um but like i can find different genres and things like that it would be you know it's it's like if the only if like apple which is you know the number one streaming like music streaming you know for digital downloads or whatever like apple only had britney spears (laughs) <laughs> right like that and that's the issue that we're dealing with with the cinema right is that like yeah you could make this movie but if you want to go see like a small character study movie it's getting harder and harder to do that because yeah. the cinema the, the the distribution mechanism so is only showing one type of movie instead of so bottom movie. line joker <clears throat> is it cinema go see it <laughs> I think Martin Scorsese was attached to that movie at some point, wasn't he? He was, yeah. 
their earlier stages. It's funny. All right. Well, Matt, do you have to go? Yeah. Yeah, I got to go. go. All right. Well, okay. So let's let's end it with that. Um, watch the Kevin Williamson filmography if you want to answer to the cinema question. Watch this <laughs> podcast and see mommy and daddy fight for the last twenty minutes. I, I, like the, that, and that, filmog- that, <laughs> that filmography is Scream, Scream Two, Scream Three. I know what you did last summer. Uh, the faculty teaching Mrs. Tingle. I think that's that's probably Scream Four. Wait, what was this? What is this filmography Kevin, that you're doing? Kevin Williamson. The guy who wrote Scream and Dawson's Creek. Watch Dawson's Creek. Wait, he wrote Dawson's Creek and those movies? Yeah. He was the showrunner on Dawson's Creek. He created Dawson's You didn't know that? Oh, no. That makes you so much sense. Realize... Now, my brain. Kevin Williamson was realized... like the king of 90s teens. Like... Yeah, he just realized that Kevin Williamson was like the Disney of the 90s. Yeah. No, like I everything. just realized. No, he ran we... the world and everything belonged to him. <laughs> no, it just always kind of made sense to me why a lot of those things felt thematically similar. Yeah. Why they all and why the same seemed like. And they all they had the same kind of dialogue. seemed like the CW. Yeah. yeah. Or sorry, the WB. Was he responsible? It was a WB then. He wasn't responsible for like, because it's sort of like when I, my mind was blown when I realized that J.J. Abrams was responsible for both both Alias and Felicity. Because I used to joke that Alias was Felicity with guns, <laughs> and I realized that it's totally that it's actually accurate because yeah. same guy wrote both of them. I think the only thing he wasn't responsible for was Buffy. Wow. Yeah. Just blew your mind, didn't I? Check him out, you Kevin Williamson. All right. Well, thank you so much for watching and for listening. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Ring that bell for notifications. Um, like us on Facebook. Like us on Insta. Follow us on Instagram. And like we us in real life. Like us in real life, please. I'm going to try out my, my Visco Boy outfit. You just oh, fought dude. with each other for an hour. I don't even like you in real life. <laughs> We didn't this fight. Love, we didn't fight. I don't think we fight. We were we were just we were we were, we were talking. We were just talking. Passioned and impassioned debating. Discussing. I, you got I me talking negative. about cinema. How am I supposed Discord. to approach it? And I have no negative I have no negative feelings for JP, but I'm just glad that you didn't do like a random five top five list like from from high fidelity. Okay, top five Kevin Williamson movies. <laughs> number five teaching mrs tingle number four i know what you did last summer number three scream two number two scream number one the faculty wait did i say the faculty wait did you is <laughs> number one that's fantastic <laughs> wait what <laughs> i have such a spe- I, I will say, say I hey stop I have a soft spot in my heart for the faculty because I, you know, I love I love sci-fi and I love that they took like the slasher film All right. thing and they made a sci-fi horror film version listen, of that. Basically, I know, like body snatchers. Because I love it. listen to me, I listen just, to I me. I just remember the character listen. Stokely. I'm like, wow, Stokely is so much cooler than Randy. Listen. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Just ch- Wait, now what? I don't know if he likes chilies. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks the faculty is better than Scream. I, I have to go. I have to leave. All right. I have to leave. Yeah, your truth episode has made me question everything I thought to be real. Beautiful. I'm.
I'm out. Slab your C-Sex uh, interrogation of the real. Uh, this episode brought to you by... This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, start your own damn podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, All right. Like, subscribe, make us famous so I can afford the therapy I need from <laughs> talking to these two. So, Thank you for joining us. Join us again next time. Good journey. Good journey and namaste. Good, good, good journey.